Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans. This is Daniel Feuerstein, and welcome back to the NPSL soccer show here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, talking to you about this great game in the National Premier Soccer League. What a show we have for you tonight. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait to get this show going and to get it rolling for all of you tonight. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the standings going on in the 2023 season of the National Premier Soccer League. In the East, in the key, uh, Keystone West Conference, one match already played. It was a draw, scoreless draw, between Westchester United and the Pennsylvania Classics. And it is a point to each at the moment. The rest of that conference in Keystone West has not played a match yet. In the Keystone East Conference, at the moment, Atlantic City FC in first place. They have uh, scored four goals. They have three points. FC Motown, the defending MPSL champions. They are currently in second place with three points as well, with a plus three. And the Jackson Lions, they are in third place also with a win with three points, but their differential is at two. And the Philadelphia Union's development squad in fourth with a minus two. FC Monmouth in fifth with a minus three. And First State FC with a minus four differential at the moment. So the first three teams with a win, the bottom three teams with a loss in one match. Virginia Dream right now in first place with four points. Greenville United in second place with two draws for two points. Annapolis Blues playing in a game, unfortunately. First match in, it's a loss. And Virginia Beach City FC also with a loss. They have zero points with a minus three differential at the moment. FC Frederick, Alexandria Reds, Grove United, Alexandria Rough Diamonds, and the Northern Virginia United have not played a match yet. In the North Atlantic Conference, Hartford City at the moment, along with Kingston Stockade and the New York Shockers, have three points each. But Hartford City has a plus one on the differential. Kingston Stockade also a plus one on the differential, but they've won one goal to nil. So currently in second with one goal scored. And the New York Shockers right now, also the plus one on the differential. They have scored three goals, gave up two, but they have played two matches. So they have a win and a loss. Syracuse FC and Vallejo FC currently with no points as Syracuse is at a minus one on the differential. And Vallejo is with minus two on the differential. Now we go to the Midwest. Great Lakes Conference. We have 
Steel City FC, formerly Pittsburgh Hotspurs, now known as Steel City FC. Uh, they are in first place right now with one win, with three points, with a plus one. They've scored two goals. Cleveland SC, also with their first win of the season, uh, with their first game, they have three points. They've scored only one goal, one differential. Erie Commodores have not played yet. FC Columbus has not played yet. Michigan Rangers have not played yet. Akron City, so far with a loss, with a minus one on the differential. They've scored one and allowed two. Carpathia FC, <coughs> excuse me, uh, also with a loss, but they have allowed one goal also with a minus one on the differential. In the Heartland Conference, Tulsa Athletic already off and running two wins so far, leading the Heartland Conference with six points. OKC 1889 FC with a match played with a win and three points. Kansas City Soul has not played yet, but hopefully they will get underway this weekend. Arkansas Wolves right now with no points, scoring one, allowing two with a minus one on the differential. Demise NPSL next, also with no points, scoring one, allowing three with a minus two on the differential. And then Rain FK, uh, no points, allowing two goals, also with a minus two on a differential. And then the Gateway Conference, Des Moines Menace, excuse me, Des Moines United, not Des Moines Menace, that's my bad. Uh, Des Moines Menace, excuse me, Des Moines United FC, they're off the gate, only match they've played so far, a 2-1 victory over Sunflower State FC, as they have the full three points. Etar Belleville FC, FC Milwaukee Torrent, Club Atletico St. Louis, and Iowa Raptors FC have not played a game yet. In the North Conference, Duluth FC at the moment with a win along with Joy St. Louis Park, both with three points. But Duluth with a plus three on the differential and Joy St. Louis Park in second with a plus two on the differential. With one point each, Dakota Fusion FC, Med City FC, both with the same point totals, both the same differential and the goals scored. Uh, Sioux Falls Thunder have not played yet. LC Aris FC and Minnesota Twin Stars FC, both with no points, but LC Aris FC has minus two in the differential. Minnesota Twins FC, Twin Stars, excuse me, FC has a minus three in last place. Now we go to the South, to the Sunshine Conference. Naples United at the moment defeating Global Soccer Pathways, two goals to one, and they are in first place with three points. Global Soccer Pathways right now in last. Having uh, not played yet, Miami Dutch Lions FC, Atletico D Miami Beach, and the Central Florida Panthers. They have not played yet. Lone Star Conference right now, and my God, it's the, definitely the Texas 11 step. And when I, when I say the Texas 11 step, it's 11 clubs ready to kill each other all in the Lone Star State of Texas. Brownsville, NPSL at the moment, two matches in, six points. Laredo Heat in second place with a win with a plus three on the differential. Denton Diablos in third place, Damon Gochner's club. They have a win and they are plus two on the differential. Corinthians FC of San Antonio, a win and a loss, excuse me, a win and a draw 
they have four points, so they really should be in second uh, in the standings. Austin United FC with a loss, excuse me, with a draw, with a point. Uh, Gallows FC, formerly Irving FC, they haven't played yet. Lubbock Matadors have not played yet. West Texas FC at the moment with a loss. Also, CF10 Houston FC with a loss. Um, Central Texas Coyotes with a loss. Fort Worth Vaqueros at the moment, two matches in, both losses. They uh, are not good right now with no points and a minus four differential. But West Texas with no points, minus two. Houston, minus three. And Central Texas Coyotes, minus three as well on the differential, but they have not scored a goal at this point in time. CF10 Houston has one goal and allowed four. And the Gulf Coast Conference, Pensacola FC right now, uh, tied for points. Southern State Soccer Club, they both have four points, but Pensacola with a plus three and Southern States with a plus two. Uh, Jacksonville Armada's under 23 side, They have three matches in with a win and two draws for five points. Tallahassee SC also three matches in, five points. Jacksonville Armada, plus five on the differential. Tallahassee SC with a plus one on the differential. AFC Mobile has not played yet. New Orleans Jesters right now uh, with a loss. And sadly for Florida Roots, three matches in. Have not won a match yet. They have no points and a minus nine on the differential. And the Southeast Conference, Apothe FC undefeated with two matches, six points. Charlottetown Hops, two matches in with a win and a loss, with a plus four on the differ. Uh, excuse me, with an even differential with the plus with the three points. Uh, Georgia Revolution also. Two matches in with a win and a loss, three points. They're also even on the differential, but they have scored three goals, while Charlottetown Hops has scored four. 865 Alliance also with three points. They have scored three goals, but they have allowed four with a minus one on the differential. Georgia Storm with a draw for a point, as well as Appalachian FC with a point. But Georgia Storm right now, minus one on the differential, scoring two, allowing three. Well, Appalachian FC also with a minus three on the differential, scoring two and allowing five. In the West, in the Golden Gate Conference, El Farolito, five matches in, undefeated, five wins, 15 points, 11 on the differential. The Valley, 1839 FC, five matches in, nine points with three wins and two losses. San Ramon FC, also with five matches played, seven points. Sacramento Gold in fourth place, five matches in, six points. Sonoma County Soul FC, they've played one game more than the rest of them. They have seven points with two wins, three losses, and a draw. Oakland Stompers with five matches in with a win and two draws, two losses, five points. Oakland SC, five matches in with a draw with a minus five on the differential. And FC Davis right now, five matches in also with a point with a minus seven on differential in dead last. In the Southwest Conference, 
FC Arizona undefeated. Four wins out of four matches for 12 points. The Las Vegas Legends right now in second place with three wins and a loss for nine points. California Odyssey so far, five matches in, so they have one game played more than the rest with two wins, a loss, and two draws for eight points. And unfortunately for Lions United FC, they are in last place, two draws out of four matches for two points. Northwest Conference, Crossfire Redman with the only match so far, defeating Crossfire White, or I guess they separated themselves, so it's Crossfire Red defeating Crossfire White as Red has the 4-3 victory. And in first place, OSA Seattle FC and International Portland Select FC have not played a match yet. So there are your standings for the 2023 NPSL season. And at the moment, the West region looking like uh, it's going very well. We've got all these games going on in the other uh, regions of the NPSL. And once again, go to NPSL.com to stay in touch and to keep up with everything going on in your national league, your league of choice, the National Premier Soccer League. Um, just fun stuff to talk to. And once again, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, 20 years of the NPSL being celebrated this year, it is absolutely, without a doubt, a lot of fun to talk about those games back in the day. Uh, exciting times, cups won, championships won, clubs just doing wonderful things, moving forward, and all you can say is, is that when you are watching some quality soccer that's not in the professional levels, go check it out, mpsl.com. It should be a lot of fun, should be exciting. Cannot wait, cannot wait to see what's going to happen here. And we are going to see what will happen when the MPSL continues on their 20th season, celebrate 20 years of the league. And it's going to be exciting to follow. So just be ready to have some fun. Be ready to enjoy yourselves. And I personally cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what will happen down the road with more and more action in the National Premier Soccer League. So let's go ahead. Let's get ready. Let's have some fun as we are getting ready to talk about uh, my guests upcoming here on the MPSL Soccer Show. And boy, oh boy, we're going to have ourselves a treat. Joining me soon, hopefully, will be Mr. John Med uh, Melody. He is a member uh, owner, I believe, of the Erie Commodores FC, and of course, an NPSL board member as we talk about this 20 years of the National Premier Soccer League. And once again, Erie Commodores right now, uh, they are in a very, very tough conference, obviously. Erie Commodores, uh, one of the 
big clubs in the Midwest region, in the Great Lakes Conference. They play against some pretty tough opponents, obviously, fellow Pennsylvania side, Steel City FC, taking on clubs in Ohio, like in Cleveland, Columbus, of course, Michigan Rangers, Akron City, and Carpathia. You know, you, you can't take these games or these teams uh, lightly. And all you can do is is just go out and find some talented, talented games, talented clubs moving forward to battle each other out, battle each other hard, and we'll just have to see uh, what's going to happen, what will happen in this 2023 season. And once again, you know, with John Melody being a board member of the MPSL, he's probably seen a lot of fantastic MPSL soccer. And it's just one of those things where all I know is, is that when you get quality owners to join and be a part of this league, it is without a doubt a fun time to talk about these wonderful moments when you have been a part of the National Premier Soccer League for so long. It is wonderful. It is exciting. It is fantastic. And personally, uh, I like I say before so many times, I enjoy. I enjoy. Having these people that come on my show to talk about their clubs, what they expect from their coaching staffs, their players, helping out the community, of course, and talking about how competitive their club is and how competitive their conference is as well as the region and the league as a whole. And hopefully one day the Erie Commodores will be uh, – as um, we get ready to – Go forward here and get ready to uh, talk about being uh, a part of uh, the Erie Commodores as uh, looks like we're having some issues here with the connection. Uh, I'm going to try and fix the phones if I can, and we'll see uh, what's going. And hopefully, uh, we can fix the phone numbers here and uh, see what's going to happen. And we'll try and fix the phones here and try and get John Melody on. But um, obviously. It's a uh, situation 
where hopefully I can get John on. And hopefully I don't have any problems here with the phone lines. We can get him on, and we can talk about his time uh, with the MPSL. So we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. Up oh, And there we go. Let's see if we have on John Meldy right now. John, are you there, sir? Yes, this is me. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for calling in, and welcome to the show. I apologize. Um, nope, nope, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, probably something happened with the phone lines. I was trying to fix it. It looks like we got it fixed, so I'm glad that we have you on. Um, you being a board member of the MPSL and, of course, the league celebrating 20 years, what does that mean to you as a board member to see the NPSL growing so long, uh, so positive to be a footprint in American soccer in this country? Well, yeah, I mean, that's pleasing, obviously. I mean, I've been you know, a board member for, I suppose, four, four or five years right now, but I've also been a part of being a member of the league and had a team in the league. This will be our 15th season. So I've seen, um, I've seen quite a lot, you know, on the field, off the field in the last 15 years. So it's nice to see the league growing for sure and new teams coming in, strong teams, strong ownerships coming in. And I feel like the league is in a fairly good position right now. To ask you, um, you know, being in the Erie, Pennsylvania area, and, you know, I know it's a, it's a hardworking area, um, blue-collared area in Pennsylvania, uh, not uh, far away um, from Pittsburgh, obviously. But, you know, when you brought the Commodores over to that area, how quickly did it grow for Erie? And what have you seen through the years uh, with this club affecting the town and the city of Erie? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, we're about two hours north of Pittsburgh, and, you know, when we first came in, we were kind of um, in a conference slash region with the you know, teams on the Atlantic seaboard from Atlantic City to Baltimore to, to you know, Allentown, Bethlehem, Reading area, so the, the travel was quite extensive. Obviously, we've seen that area fill in a little bit, so our travel is not as great as it was, but it's, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, I was involved in college soccer in this area, you know, as a player in the late 80s, early 90s, as a coach since the mid-90s and even into today involved in college soccer a lot so we have uh, you know we started our own club um you know a couple of years ago which was uh, is a good byproduct of what we're doing we started a you know a women's team to complement the npsl as well so we've seen grow, soccer grow exponentially we've even seen the level of kid that's coming out of erie go now and, and play at high level division one schools we have a couple of kids at akron university right now with a couple down south so it, it's definitely growing and we're developing and you know it's I feel like the future is pretty bright. We got, you know, a couple of tournaments here this weekend, and like I say, it's it's, it's Western Pennsylvania. It's a, it's 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 a traditional American sport kind of hotbed. You know, football, basketball, baseball, um, even a lot of hockey in this part of the country. So you know, soccer. We, we've had to work hard to kind of put it on the map, but we're in a good position. We get lots of media coverage. We we, we get good sponsorship right now, so the club is strong, and you know, we're 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 proud of what we've been able to accomplish and keeping it going. So through some tough years, but uh, I feel like we're in a good position now to move forward, and I'm quite happy with where we are. I'm glad to hear that. And, and you know, 
as the years have gone by, and then you see how the sport has grown in this country, uh, how how happy have you been to watch this sport grow here in the United States? And of course, we can't forget, you know, the World Cup is coming back to the United States, being shared with Canada and Mexico. Uh, yeah. When you're seeing people in every major city in this country, especially in the eastern side of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, that's going to be hosting some games. Um, how happy have you been to see that growth uh, coming here in this country nationwide? Yeah, no, it, 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 it's, you know, it's exciting and it's really pleasing to be, be happy to be a part of that growth, no matter how small that is. You know that you've had, had a hand in, in growing the game. You know, and again, we're in small town, you know, small town America here in, in, in mid-America for all the world. And, and, and to push soccer and promote soccer. But I see people at games right now that I never thought I'd ever see in a soccer game 10, 15 years ago. So it's interesting how the dynamic in soccer works. Sometimes, you know, with football, with basketball, with baseball, with a lot of traditional sports in America, it's mom and dad taking the kids to a game. I find sometimes with soccer, it's the kids taking mom and dad to a game. So you know, they want to go and, and parents get more into it. And again, I, that's the part of it that's exciting for me to see people that have grown up with the game and now they're coming back to watch the game, help the game, promote the game, coach the game. You know, they play it as kids, and, and now their kids are playing. You know, my own kids is a good example of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I think, again, the future's bright. Like you say, the fact that the World Cup's coming back here in a couple of years. You know, we just had our whole club in Columbus there a week or so ago, and we went to a crew game a couple of weeks before that. We were in Cincinnati for a tournament. We brought the whole club to a Cincinnati game. So, you know, people want to do these things, and they want these experiences from soccer. And, um you know, one time you go play a tournament and somebody was like going to a basketball game or a baseball game afterwards. Now they want to go see pro soccer games. So I've seen a lot of growth in the last 15 years under the NPSL, under the Commodores umbrella. And again, I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, I feel like the next few years we have to push and promote the game. It's going to be heavily publicized here in the not too distant future with the World Cup coming in. It's just an exciting time for the game. It's an exciting time for NPSL. And, um, you know, just happy and excited to be a part of it. And, and help it all grow. Absolutely. Let's talk about your club right now. They haven't played a match yet. I believe they'll be starting this upcoming weekend. Um, yeah. This Great Lakes Conference, how difficult has this conference been, or at least uh, whatever, um, whichever conference you've been a part of with some of these uh, – the, the you know the, these teams that you've been playing against you know throughout the uh, Commodores' existence? Yeah, you know, we started in 2009, our first season – you know, again, we were in with some of the teams that I mentioned earlier. You know, it's funny how there's probably not any of those teams left uh, in the NPSL for one reason or another, and, and other teams take their places. But, you know, 2009, we made it to a national final, actually. 2011, we made it to a national semifinal. 2013, we made it to a national semifinal. We've won several conferences, have several uh, U.S. Open Cup bids uh, in that time. Um, albeit the last couple of years, we've struggled. I've, I've struggle to kind of nail down uh, a coach that, you know, can, can get us to back to where we would like to be. You know, we're in the same conference and done battle with, with particularly Cleveland, who have been uh, obviously exceptional uh, in the last number of years within the NPSL. Um, and this Great Lakes Conference now, so it's a realignment from the Rust Belt Conference. Some teams came out, some teams came in. So we're in with teams out of Michigan now, as the Carpathia, Michigan Rangers, uh, which were Muskegon. And, you know, Akron are getting better. Columbus are in. You know, so there's a lot of, a lot of good teams. And I, I feel like this, this conference is going to be strong. There's no easy games. 
anybody can take anybody on a given day. We start tomorrow at home with Carpathia, and, you know, I, I hope and believe we're ready for it. And I'm always excited this time of year. You know, I'm a doubleheader with our women's team tomorrow night. So, you know, just I'm excited to get going. I'm excited to see what our new coach has been able to do. And, again, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's, uh, it's always a good thing. You know, I think we have a very, very good relationship with all these teams off the field. You know, on the field, then, you know, we're just trying to turn each other over um, once or twice a year. So it's, it's, it's a good position to be in. I like the conference we're in. I like the strength of the conference we're in. I like the strength of our region. And, um, you know, to be quite honest, I like the strength of the NPSL right now. And so do I. I think uh, the NPSL will last a good long time. And I believe that uh, right now uh, you're one of the top conferences at the moment within the league. Obviously, there's other conferences, uh, you know, around the, the nation that is strong and difficult as well. But honestly, John, I just think that is the one conference everyone needs to take a, a good look at and to make sure that yeah. they know that your side and everyone else does very well. John, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hope to have you back on again yes. soon. And good luck this year. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Now, thank you for joining me tonight. That's once again, uh, Mr. John uh, Melody of the Erie Commodores, also a uh, board member of the MPSL, talking about 20 years in the league. Joining me right now, I have not had him on in a long while, but uh, he's done some magical things in southeastern New Jersey, especially at the gambling haven on the East Coast, and that is, once again, Andrew Wildgus of Atlantic City FC. Andrew, welcome back, and how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to be with you. Great to be with you, and great to have you back. Uh, John, you know, Andrew, um, since putting Atlantic City FC on the map uh, with national soccer leagues and, and minor leagues of soccer and everything that's been going on. What have you seen so far from the Philadelphia, southeastern New Jersey area that ha you've attracted uh, plenty of support and, of course, uh, promotions for the game in your area? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the game is genuinely growing. I know everybody gives uh, lip service to that concept. And over time, there's been a lot of false starts in the U.S. market. But I always go back to when I was um, really falling in love with the game as a, uh, as a young uh, young man. And, and Arsenal were the team that I was really infatuated with, with Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. And um, that season that they went undefeated in the Premier League, I think I saw three games. Uh, it was almost impossible to see a game. And um, you fast forward to now, we live in a really magical age where not only can you watch virtually every game around the world, but even on lower-level soccer, pretty much every game that we've had from Atlantic City FC over the last uh, five seasons, five-plus seasons minus the COVID season, um, has been uh, recorded and, and captured, at least uh, to some extent. You know, the quality keeps improving. The groups we have working with it keeps improving. Um, so I think access uh, to be able to follow a team uh, has really been incredible, and the technology with companies like Vio and what they offer um, has, has uh, really helped out a lot. And um, I genuinely think you have a real passion uh, of younger players growing up watching the best of the best and emulating them. And that wasn't really the case when when I was growing up. We didn't know who to copy. <laughs> you know, my my favorite uh, striker growing up was. Uh, Mari Suta from Fiorentina, who's an Argentinian striker. And um, 
You know, I only got to watch him in highlights. I never really got to watch him play. Uh, and and when you have a, a young man or young woman growing up and they get to watch their heroes um, week in, week out, and emulate them and see this incredible level of quality and, uh, quite frankly, all this opportunity to get involved and start playing, I think it's a very special thing, and I think that makes it different than, than before. No, it really does. I'm not going to ask you about Arsenal because – um, I know it's kind of painful at the moment, but uh, I promise no, I'm going to be really. kind to you. No, not not no? really. I, I mean, did anybody really think they had a better squad than Manchester City with what that group puts into it financially? I didn't. And once you lose a key player on defense, um, everybody knows like you're only as good as uh, your weakest link. And uh, unfortunately, when you don't have exceptional depth uh, like some squads do. Uh, a single injury can be the difference. And, uh, you know, I applaud them for what they did. They're a very young squad, and I think they'll be able to build off of it, and I like the culture that they're building. Uh, so I am not disheartened like a lot of people are. I, I look on the bright side a little bit. So, Well, let's just say I have some friends that are also Arsenal fans, and I was kind of rooting for them to, you know, unseat Man City. But, you know, hey, what, what do I know? <laughs> What do I not know? Not this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not this year. Well, you they know. had a good run, but we'll hope, well, hopefully it'll be next year, but we'll see what happens. But um, going, going to Atlantic City FC at the moment, of course, uh, the Keystone Conference has been broken up into two separate conferences now. Now you have East and you have West. Any changes for you, uh, how to prepare for this upcoming season, or you just felt like, okay, it's not a big deal. We're just not going to play uh, a lot of games like we used to. No, it, it, well, first of all, we're playing exactly the same number of games that we've always played, so that hasn't changed at all. Um, <clears throat> I think because you have six teams in each division, you are able to align geographically and make the travel much more reasonable for every team. You know, there were games where Atlantic City would go to Hershey or to um, uh, to Scranton, and I'm not complaining because I know – uh, my my fellow owners in the south and the west and all these places that have travel that's so heinous they have to get on buses to to handle it um, are listening to me and being like oh poor baby but you know to go from four hours to two hours as your longest trip is a big deal it's it's a big deal in terms of resources expended um, in terms of guys time and if you're playing a seven o'clock game in Scranton and it's a four hour trip. You know, guys are not getting home till 1, 2 in the morning, and then a lot of guys don't live uh, in Atlantic City, and they have to then meet at team headquarters and then go home. So we had guys getting home 3, 4 o'clock in the morning from certain uh, trips. So, uh, again, uh, not to complain, we're all very grateful for the opportunity to be playing, but I think it makes a lot more sense to play uh, a home and away against uh, nobody farther than two hours away for everybody in both conferences. Right, it just makes perfect mm-hmm. sense, and then we'll we'll settle the uh, the rivalries and the debates in uh, in the playoffs. You know, we we love playing uh, Westchester United. They're an incredible program, a program that's about as old as I am as a human being. Um, so the fact that we've you know had a competitive relationship with them and and have held our own is a, a source of great pride. But you know, if we don't get to play them, it's not the end of the world, and we'll we'll either get to face them in the playoffs if we're worthy enough to do it, or we won't. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. we still get to keep the uh, the rivalries intact with with which what I think are our core geographic 
um, rivalries, especially FC Monmouth and, and Motown, who we came into the league at the same time with, both of those clubs. Uh, and then we really like playing First State FC, the Delaware, New Jersey, especially Delaware, South Jersey uh, rivalry slash connection is a very positive one. And then adding the Philadelphia Union into the mix is an absolute uh, boon for all of us. I mean, not only is it tremendous to start to see the Major League Soccer pyramid work with lower level, which makes sense. We should be doing that. Um, but, you know, to have them in our backyard and the franchise is successful uh, and respectable as they are um, is fantastic. And, and, you know, we're already working with the Philadelphia Union on eSports events uh, in partnership with um, with the eSports Innovation Center at Stockton University to do some fun stuff with them. So we're, we're looking to build brands and uh, build bridges with, with the brands and to expose their fans to us and vice versa. So um, I think these are really positive ways to do it and getting their, you know, their future, their kids that have been part of their academy system, that are, a lot of them are top Division One players around the country uh, at schools who very well could be future Major League Soccer players, and to have them in that branded program with the uh, Union Crest uh, is good for all of us. So, you know, the combination of short travel um, and the new addition uh, and the playoff structure, which still, you know, will have East versus West at the end of the day, right? We're still going to have a, a great final matchup, whether it's, you know, us versus Ch- Westchester or, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything except us. <laughs> but, but you get uh, whoever comes. <laughs> Absolutely. Whoever comes out. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you throw the Jackson now, Lions into the mix, too, and they're, they're substantial. Oh, yeah. We have a huge history against them, and, uh, you know, their guys – their guys, God bless them, have played for pretty much every team in the NPSL. So, you know, there's rivalries all over the place. No, very true. And that that's always a great uh, time when it's uh, Atlantic City versus FC Monmouth. So that's going to be fun. Um, I know I had you on a while ago to talk about a possible stadium situation. Just out of curiosity, if you can give an update to that, or are those plans uh, still in the works? Yeah, so – you know, I can give an update, um, and I, I would say in the works would be a, an understatement. Um, look, we, we struggled mightily with uh, trying to acquire Surf Stadium. That was a very public uh, uh, circumstance. There's a lot of uh, proposals for the land that Surf Stadium is on. I don't know which of them, if any, are ever going to really happen, but the possibility of them happening has prevented us from being able to secure terms for that stadium. We had a partnership to bring minor league baseball back to Atlantic City with professional soccer at a revised uh, surf stadium, and we couldn't get a lease um, that, that made any sense for, for the ownership group we had put together. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that uh, had to be put aside. And, um, uh, you know, we, we started working with another group that is uh, based uh, right outside Atlantic City that's building a massive sports and entertainment park. Uh, and we think that project has a lot of teeth, um, and uh, we're, we're really excited to, to work on the prospects of that, and that could be an amazing thing for us. But we're still engaged, you know, with the state and the city to some extent uh, to talk about possibilities, but we've really been, you know, frozen out of Atlantic City proper, um, and that's a shame, but it's unfortunately just the reality. So we're very grateful to be at Stockton University. They just uh, did their um, new soccer field over completely, uh, so it's a very intimate stadium, 500 seats, uh, great atmosphere, um, you know, just really tight quarters, which we love, and uh, 
we're excited about it. You know, it's a, it's a great place to play. We're very blessed to be able to play there. And for, for now, we're very happy with that situation. But for the future, we're pursuing a number of different projects. And I, I suspect some of them um, will really gain some momentum because of the 2026 World Cup bid. Um, you know, one of Absolutely. these projects, I think, is intricately tied to that development. So, um, you know, it's just not going to happen fast. Is, is really what it comes down to. But as I said to you when we started day one, we're not in a hurry. You know, our, our mission is not MLS or bust. Our mission is local grassroots soccer, the work on youth soccer in the community, which I got to tell you, since we started, has been the best thing that, that has ever happened to me in terms of this program. Like, for example, Atlantic City High School now has a women's soccer program. They didn't when we started. Atlantic Cape Community College has built a men's and women's soccer program who one of our assistant coaches uh, Geo Paz is the head coach of. Uh, that didn't happen before we got involved. Uh, we've got uh, AC uh, Police Activities uh, League, uh, which built a beautiful indoor facility uh, about 10 minutes outside of Atlantic City proper that we're partnered in that we now run uh, clinics at. We actually ran a referee clinic that we sponsored where we trained 70 referees locally, um, which was huge for our region. First time we've ever had that in Atlantic City. It's always been in either Cherry Hill or um, Red Bank. So uh, we worked with a charter school called um, uh, the Principal Charter Academy and uh, had a program with 160 kids uh, that ran all winter. And we've never been a program before that's been able to do those things in the off season. So the progress for me is 100% uh, focused on the grassroots level and what we can do for youth soccer by putting this all together. And the fact that we've got this great partnership with Stockton um, is a real blessing, and, and we are gaining a lot of momentum with, with the government entities that I think will eventually lead to uh, more progress. But, you know, there is something to be said with not rushing um, and not biting off more than you can chew, so to speak. So I'm not sure that stadium deal would have ultimately been in our best interest long term anyway, because, you know, what league are we going to play in? What's the stability of those leagues? Uh, those are all questions we still don't have answers to to this day. No, I understand. And you know what? Look, as long as uh, it's still on the table and built somewhere around the Atlantic City area, you know, I'm always rooting for you and any MPSL team that wants to purchase land and build your own stadium so you don't have to worry about uh, other ramifications that could be interfering with the club and, uh, and the schedule that you play in. Um, you're off to a great start. Uh, absolutely. You're off to a great start here in the Keystone East Conference. Uh, First win of the season over FC uh, over at First State FC with a four nil victory. Uh, what's it like so far uh, with your head coach right now and what he has done in this first match in Alex Balog? Uh, yeah, well, so Alex has moved into our technical director role. He still assists, but Alexis, Alexis Mendoza, um, another Alex, we just call him Alex. Alex Mendoza is our head coach, and Alex has been with our program since day one. Uh, as a local assistant, really worked his way up. Uh, he's a very young, passionate, energetic guy uh, who's, who's native to Atlantic City, and, and that's a huge help for us. Uh, again, having that presence here year-round is massive for us. So we had training start uh, in January, you know, for the core of our team. We've never had that before. Um, so the fact that we're getting in some guys from college who just got done to kind of bolster our roster is fantastic, but We've had a healthy number of players that have been in this program now for several years, 
uh, and they've, uh, you know, been working in the off season, coaching and training kids and then getting together for practices. And then when the collegiate players are able to join us, they do, or when we're scrimmaging against uh, colleges. So we've already, you know, played Rowan and, and uh, Camden County College and exhibition games. And again, getting in shape leading into the first game versus, you know, finding your, your feet, so to speak, by week three or four, which a lot of these NPSL programs are forced to do, and which we were forced to do, quite frankly, for, for many years, um, is a big advantage. So we, we really like the group that we've got. It's really local, um, massive emphasis on New Jersey, like our some of our best players uh, this year are all New Jersey products. Uh, Colin Beasley scored a brace in that game, is going to be a star at Rutgers this year. Um, and, you know, we, we just we love the squad we've got put together. And then we've got some guys coming back um, that have been part of our program in years past, uh, some, some guys from out of the country that I think are going to add uh, something really special to it. And then we might have a surprise announcement or two for the second half of the season. Teaser. Sir, I can't wait for that teaser to come in. Well, you know, Andrew, I want to say, as text. always, thank you. I'll, oh, please do. I'll, I'll, I'll be waiting for it. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, you don't worry. Whatever's offline does not get uh, reported unless you tell me. Go ahead. But uh, well, as you, always, you can, you can have uh, you can have him on as a guest uh, as soon as uh, we actually make the announcement. He uh, he, he comes over the pond. But uh, I think it'll be it'll be fun for uh, the league, and and it'll be uh, it'll be a pretty cool story. But again, you know how these things go, man. There's there's still a lot of uh, things that could happen. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. Oh, now we're going into guessing games, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, like I said, I'm, you won't have to guess that long, my friend. I'll send you a text offline, but I just don't want to make the announcement until it's uh No, 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 no. Listen, look, it's fine. You do whatever you want. I'll get the info. <laughs> don't worry. Mum's the word. But, you know, you're, you're, you're teasing the audience very badly here, you naughty boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep it. Hey, listen, I got to keep those uh, likes and follows coming in. I suppose that's the world we live in now uh, today. But I, look, I am grateful for, for the social media presence that we've put together because it really helps with sponsorship. Uh, and that's something that I would definitely say to any club out there looking to really grow uh, your brand is you got to be a 12 month a year uh, team on social media. You got to be active all year and you got to find ways to engage even if you're not um, playing. And, and I think that's something that we're still learning how to do and we want to keep doing better. But, uh, you know, that's really critical. Um, I think the, the sponsors find a lot of value in that, and that's really important. No, it really, really is. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what who this person is. And, of course, when uh, it's official, official, you let me know, and I'll have you back on so we can uh, pass along the information. That sounds fantastic. I appreciate the time so much. All right, great. Well, thanks again, Andrew, and I'll talk to you again soon. You as well. Take care. I will. That's Andrew Wildgus, president of Atlantic City FC, as they are getting ready to have some fun times here in the MPSL and uh, uh, fun times in the NPSL with him in Atlantic City FC at the moment. Off to a solid start with a big win over First State SC with a 4-0 victory and hopefully uh, more victories to come for him and the club. And we'll see what they can do if they can make a big playoff run. And who knows, maybe they will qualify once again for the Open Cup. And finally, 
play in the Open Cup as we get ready for more stuff. Now, just waiting for my next guest, um, Dean Muckle, the assistant coach of Michigan Rangers FC, as uh, we await for him to uh, join us tonight. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen here. And uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to talk Michigan Rangers soccer with all of you once he uh, calls in. And uh, uh, just waiting to see what's going to happen. But uh, other than that, once again, Michigan Rangers, a very uh, solid club. They have not started to play yet, but we'll wait and see, of course, um, when they do take on uh, their first match of the season, as they will be taking on uh, Akron City as they'll be hosting them at the Davenport University's main campus on in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it should be uh, exciting, should be fun, and uh, we'll just wait and see when uh, Mr. Muckle comes on. And uh, we'll just uh, hope that he's not having uh, – I'm hoping we're not having another uh, phone issue. We'll try and fix the phone lines again if there is a phone issue. Um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. So we will be um, waiting here. Once again, this is the Four Seas Fire American Soccer Show. This is also the National Premier Soccer League Show as we get ready to talk about – your clubs in the NPSL. Now, I believe we have on Mr. Dean Muckle, the assistant coach of Michigan Rangers FC. Dean, are you with us? Yeah, hey, man. Sorry about the delay. We just we just got finished our game against uh, Akron City, so got delayed a little bit, so I do apologize. No worries. No worries, no worries. So, well, you can give us a result? We, we won 1-0. Um, scored... 20 minutes into the first half and then you know, didn't manage to we created a few good chances across the spell of the rest of the game but we um, couldn't manage to put one in the back of the net so Akron put up a good test against us and you know there'll be there'll be a, a battle for any team that they come up and play against Absolutely, and for Akron, that'll be their uh, second loss of the season, and at the moment, Michigan Rangers will move up, and you'll be joining uh, Steel City and Cleveland SC uh, Cleveland SC in the top three positions until we find out what happens with the rest of the matches in uh, the Great Lakes Conference. Uh, to talk about being in this Great Lakes Conference, if you don't mind, why, are, why is it such a difficult conference to be a part of? I think, look, we... We had prior experience playing against um, a couple of teams in the, the, the Midwest Conference now, you know, Milwaukee. Um, you know, we, we get to play Carpathia again. Um, you know, we, me and Stuart were a part of <clears throat> Muskegon Risers last year, so we got to kind of dip our toe in the water, but we're, we're kind of experiencing a lot of different types of teams now in, in, in the Great Lakes and, you know, different profile of players. You know, like tonight we played a lot of it's a lot of players who play on Akron's D1 team, um, you know, so they they have a really good quality group, and I feel that that might kind of transcend across the rest of the team. So we're looking forward to, you know, to playing the other teams in the division that we haven't 
you know, necessarily met face to face um before, you know, geographically, you know, where obviously the West the most Western team, so travel comes into play a lot for away games, but it's it's the same can be said for other teams coming to us. So um you know, we're excited about the profile of players that we get to, to play against. Where do you get most of your players from? The universities around Michigan, uh, like like Michigan State, University of Michigan, the smaller schools. Where do you get your players mostly from? Yeah, we just, so we're um, we sit at the top of the pyramid of our our youth program. Um, so we have we have a few youth players that went to the college ranks. Um, you know that are playing as well as coaches that play our coaches that coach at our youth setup. So they're playing and they've prolific college careers um you know we've got a quite a few lads from the the local area um we've got three three boys that you know come from UNOH out of in Ohio and three lads that come from UAlbany you know I think it's just a case of they've reached out to us and they've kind of ticked all the boxes in terms of the profile of players that they are who we need um you know so I would say apart from six six on six to nine players that are from, you know, hundred, two hundred, you know, plus miles. Um, you know, a lot of our lads are from, you know, twenty, twenty five miles from from where we sit in Grand Rapids. That's great. That's great to hear. And and being here for a while, like you've been we're in Muskegon now you're here with uh Michigan Rangers. Um surprises you with the level of talent for players that you've seen in Michigan that you're proud of or uh, you that maybe was unexpected from your eyes when you were starting to be over here in the US yeah look I um I moved here in in 2013 and in Stuart the head coach kind of came here for four or five years before me um you know you can make a, a you know a good professional living out here as football which I know many people think well you know why not in Europe or England you know it's just over diluted with you know people that have been in the game for 50-60 years you know Um, in terms of the talent you know I I think Michigan in the Midwest especially experiencing it from like you know the the younger you know boys and girls or the youth set up you know 13s through 19s like you know there are some there are some teams that would, you know, blow your mind, you know, at the different levels of play that they have regionally, like nationally and locally. You know, just talking about some of our youth teams as well, that, you know, we kind of stand back and think, you know, these players are going to go to college in five or so years' time, you know, and they're going to go to big colleges and, you know, they're going to have very successful college careers, you know. So in terms of the standard difference, like it is... You know, there's obviously a different culture coming over here. You know, like, we had a, a great attendance at the game today, but, um, you know, it doesn't really encapsulate the types of crowds that you get from back home. So them cultural differences are, are very apparent. You know, it's obviously different, and we appreciate all of our support. And But I think if you go to a, a game of this level in England, there's... You know, there's a bit more, there's a bit more atmosphere, and that kind of tells the tale of how kids come up through the ranks. You know, the good ones always have, the good players always have a semblance of like culture. You know, um, and the the ones that don't are either blue collar, hard working, 
um, you know, or they're, or they're not, you know. No, I understand completely. And, um, you know, once again, uh, it's great to see uh, having you over there at Michigan Rangers to uh, give uh, guidance to these players and using their natural gifts to go out there and perform well on the football pitch. And hopefully it'll be a good, long, uh, good, positive season uh, for the Rangers uh, when you guys are getting ready to uh, compete more. Uh, after, of course, your first match of the season uh, against – who's your next opponent after your defeat – after you defeated uh, Akron City? So we uh, Cleveland come to us on, on Sunday. And at the moment, uh, they also are uh, undefeated with a victory uh, and second place currently. Uh, of course, they were on a short – I think they're playing tonight, short, aren't they? I think they're playing tonight. Oh, uh, well, let me double-check that. I'm not quite sure. Let me double-check that. Uh, no, Cleveland uh, will be playing on Sunday against – Okay. On the 21st against you guys. Yeah. Yes. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. So it's a quick turnaround uh, – for you after, of course, a day off tomorrow. But, um, you know, they just went through an open cup run themselves, uh, unfortunately eliminated in the second round against Richmond Kickers. But yeah. is that the big dream for this club? If you do get on a run in the, into the playoffs and, and make one of those spots for the open cup? Yeah, look, I think it, uh, last year we, we actually got an open cup bid with, with the risers. Um, but just we weren't able to kind of follow through with it. You know, we decided the risers decided to take a step back from men's football um in the summer and then we kind of just the, the bid kind of fell through the cracks um so we're, we're obviously eager to to get back there for for next year and, and see what type of run we can we can go into you know semi-finalists uh last year um the nationals the nationals um you know we're looking to do the same if not better this year you know we always want to take steps forward and you know, we can never take a step back, you know. So we're very fortunate with the run we had, you know, going like an undefeated season until the, the semi-final. Um, had two draws along the way. Um, but we were we were undefeated, and that's what we're trying to kind of create this year with the, the set of boys that we have. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very good. Very, very good. And hopefully everything will continue to go well for you guys in the 2023 season. Uh, so, uh, Dean, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me tonight. Congratulations on your first yeah. win of the season. Good luck in your second match uh, this upcoming Sunday. And uh, continued success for the 2023 season for Michigan Rangers. Thank you very much, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for Bye. coming on. I appreciate it as well. Thank you. Cheers. Dean Muckle, assistant coach of Michigan Rangers FC, as uh, joining us after a match to talk about uh, the victory and, of course, their club and getting ready for this 2023 season, uh, already with a win under, uh, under their belts, 1-0 victory over Akron City FC, and hopefully uh, they will have a solid season coming through for them and uh, cannot wait to see, and as well as hear more news coming from Michigan Rangers as we uh, get ready for this uh, big moment for them in this 2023 season of the National Premier Soccer League season. Now we are just waiting for my next guest as we get ready to head on down to the Peach State. And once again, it is a pleasure 
and an honor to talk about this club as we get ready to discuss once again one of the staple clubs of the NPSL, and that is the Georgia Revolution. Waiting for head coach Jack Marchant to come in and talk to us to talk about his club, of course, Georgia Revolution. Uh, has been around in the MPSL for a very, very long time. Uh, one of those great uh, teams that have gone on to do some wonderful things, have had a couple of Open Cup bids themselves moving on forward. Of course, uh, I remember uh, when I started this show, and this was during uh, the U.S. Open Cup re- uh, review shows, uh, talking to uh, the Georgia Revolution, uh, I think forgot who the head coach was at the time, and of course, you know they were taking on another Georgia side after beating them in the first round. Or uh, I'm sorry, it was a a team in the first round, and of course their next opponent was another Georgia club. And he said in that match there will be blood, and I remember that. That was a great line, and boy, you know, can't wait to see what's going to happen with the Georgia Revolution uh, further on. Joining me now is the head coach of Georgia Revolution, as Jack Marchant. Jack, welcome to the show, and how are you, sir? I'm good, fellas. How are we doing? Doing very well, very well. Thank you for coming on. And how are you tonight, and what's been going on with the Revolution uh, being such a uh, staple of the National Premier Soccer League for so long? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No, it's honestly, it's it's been a privilege. And, um, you know, to be part of a club that's got a lot of history in the MPSL and that stayed true to the MPSL, um, again, I, I love every part of it. I mean, this, this is my second year now. Um, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into last year. I obviously had a, a big reputation to follow in, in Ricky Davey, winning, winning the conference that we were in then. And, you know, I thought we put in a lot of good stuff last year and to be able to return a lot of guys. Um, it, it's been good. I've really enjoyed the early part of the season. I mean, we all know how it is early part of the season working in a league like the MPSL. There's a lot of moving pieces and, and you're just waiting for all those cards to kind of fall into place. And I feel like we're getting there, and I'm excited to get into the kind of meat and potatoes of the season, as it were. Very true, and it's going to be a really, really big one for your side. And uh, obviously, it's always going to be uh, a difficult thing uh, when you're taking on these uh, big-time teams. Obviously, Alliance, 865 Alliance is an expansion team. you got Georgia Storm, Charlottetown Hops, another expansion team, Appalachian FC. I think they're second year in the league. Apotheos FC. What has the Southeast Conference uh, been like for the Georgia Revolution, and how much of a knock them out drag them out conference has it been? Man, it's it's a slog every week, um, and I think I learned that that the hard way, but the good way last year. Um, again, I talked about it previously um, on another show, talking about how. The year that the year that we that we won it with with Ricky at the helm again we were the most experienced team um, and then you look back at last year Appalachian win it with a very experienced team and then you look at this year where it's honestly a complete crapshoot I mean Alliance came out flying they beat us on our home turf and and I give them full credit for that and then we turn around and go to Storm which is an extremely difficult game and win there and I mean. Apatheos this this season look extremely strong. I think on paper they're the strongest team in the league, um, and they're the team to beat. And but you know Appalachian are there, 
as returning champions, they've got a point to prove. And then you've got Charlottetown, who are, who are new to the league as well, picked up their first win last week. Honestly, it, it, it changes week by week, and, and that's what's so so exciting about this league, but also what makes every week so important. And we talk about it a lot as our group, and in, in that that it's a it's a long but short summer. You know, like. When you lose, you feel like the summer could end next week. When you win, you wish the summer would go on forever. So it's just one of those slogs that you got to kind of get through. But I think ultimately that's what makes it so so enjoyable overall. No, very true. And, uh, you know, you have your home games uh, here and there. Obviously, you were at um, uh, McDonough High School, McDonough, Georgia, and of course, there's also University of West Georgia soccer complex. What what has surprised you about the the you know your area or at least the state of Georgia? Of course, we all know Atlanta United is the number one club because it's an MLS. But what has surprised you about players that come from the Georgia schools that puts your team into a positive uh, position when you're on the pitch? You know, again, and, and full credit. To, it's not going to mean a lot, whole lot coming from me, but I think a lot of credit has to go to Atlanta United and the amount of amount of support they've piled into the team and and how much of a hotbed for soccer it, it, it's become. I mean, my my full time job is in the collegiate game on on the women's side in Georgia, um, but just seeing the interest that Atlanta United have generated over the past four or five years, Atlanta has become a huge hotbed for soccer, which when it comes to stuff like the MPSL and USL2, it's become a very popular place for guys who want to come and play. And and ultimately, over over the course of of the four or five years Atlanta United have been around, I would say that the standard of soccer in Georgia over the summer has improved massively because, like I said, it's a hotbed and it's where people want to be. And I mean, I appreciate it getting to work for the Georgia Revolution and and getting to recruit to an area like this. But again, I don't think I don't think the work that Atlanta United did on 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 the front end can be underestimated because they've set the foundation for clubs like ourselves and Georgia Storm to be able to recruit the type of players that we do um, and be able to provide high level amateur soccer for those people um, in and around Atlanta who, who maybe not be able to get to Atlanta United games every week. So, you know, it's a really exciting place to be at the current time. Absolutely. Of course, uh, the hope is uh, Georgia Revolution can get back into the Open Cup. It's been a while since they've been there. And, of course, you've got to be on a big run in the playoffs and, of course, qualify for the playoffs first to get to that spot. Um, what would that mean for you personally to get, Georgia Re- to get the Georgia Revolution back into the Open Cup and possibly get on a run? Uh, it, it would mean everything. I mean, I, I was privileged enough to coach in the Open Cup a couple of years ago, and it was it was a great experience for me. But not only for me as a coach, I think it was a fantastic experience for the players as well. And it puts the Georgia Revolution not only on kind of a regional Atlanta map, it puts, puts us on a nationwide map as well. And I think it would mean everything to myself, the club, and the players to be able to get there. And, and it, it, it's what we tell the guys. We want to give them... We want to give them a fantastic experience over the summer and, and of high-level soccer, but ultimately we're here to win, um, and we're here to win conferences and make deep runs into the national tournaments to be able to, to participate in stuff like the Open Cup. So, you know, it, it, it's high in our agenda. I wouldn't say it's our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is to be successful within our league and see how far we can get, and if we can do that, 
we know that we can reap the benefits of being in the Open Cup next year. Very true, very true. And, of course, moving on, uh, as you said, it's a slog fest uh, in this conference. Uh, first match against 865 Alliance, that must have been a difficult one. You fell 2-1, but then you come back against Georgia Storm, and uh, you get that first victory of the season. Same score, but this time you're on the positive side of the ledger. What does that mean to d- defeat a big-time rival, especially a Derby rival, against a fellow Georgian side? Uh, it, it was huge, and, and as I mentioned in our kind of post-match stuff, I think it's the type of result that can really kickstart a season for you. Um, the summer's all about momentum. If you can generate momentum early and keep it going, um, it, it sets you up for the for the rest of the season. I mean, I gave full credit to 865, and I still do for the performance they put in at our place. Uh, they came down, they were disciplined, and they had a game plan, and they executed it to a T. And, and you know what? We played like game of a season in a summer season. A lot of guys who were unfamiliar with each other. We had two training sessions before we played that first game. Um and, you know, it was a struggle. But then fast forward a week, fast forward three training sessions, the guys get to know each other. You start to get on the same wavelength. And you go on the road to a place like Storm and, and you win, which, which last year was a happy hunting ground for us. It, it brings back all those good memories and those, and those motivations that get you to where you want to get to. And, and that's kind of what we've built on all week, knowing that we've got to come home and, and build on that tomorrow as we take on a Charlottetown team who – you know, struggled in the first game at a very tough place in Apotheos, but then picked up a very handy win at home next week. So, you know, it's two teams going into the game high on confidence, and it should be an electric atmosphere tomorrow with two teams gunning to to get three points. And, you know, as the home team, we've got to manage the expectation and and, and sort of kill kill the hype that they've brought and then just boss the game. You know, we're, we're excited for tomorrow. We've We've got a few new faces in, in, in the squad, which is good to see. So, you know, we're getting ready to rock and roll and pick up three points tomorrow. That's fantastic to hear. If you don't mind me asking, I'm not asking for the playbook, obviously. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to give away all your secrets, of course. But, you know, do you like to play possession? Do you like to press? Do you like to defend, counter? What type of football do, or soccer do you like to, uh, you know, throw on the pitch, whether it be for the Revolution or for the women's team that you manage in the, the college ranks? Uh, first and foremost, I want to win. So whatever whatever sets us up to be successful and win. But, you know, I, this is a very good question, and, and I get asked this a lot. Um, for me, again, when, when the game kicks off, and even in practice sessions, I'm a spectator. I want to be able to enjoy watching what I'm watching. If I enjoy watching what I'm watching as a soccer guy, I feel like it's fun to play in when we're playing. So I want to be high energy. And again, I've I've lived in the South now for about eight years. It's hot down here. You want the ball. You want the ball. You want the other team chasing the ball. You want the other team defending. That's ultimately what we want to do. We want to be on the front foot. I want to have the ball, and I want to be exciting. And when we don't have it, you work hard to get it back. And you do that, you're going to win the ball in more favorable positions. Um, and again, ultimately, you're going to be exciting to watch. And that's what I want to bring to the table. I want to bring players onto the field who are exciting for our fans to watch and going to create things and, and be and be something that you're happy to pay money for. So, you know, that's the way I operate. Um, again, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but ultimately, for me, I just want to be exciting. High octane is the way that I like to operate. 
Who's your best player right now on the Revolution that's very dangerous, that you love seeing him do uh, magical things? There's a few people. I mean, Justin Guest has scored two goals for us in our in our first two games. He's a Georgia State boy. He's going into his, his fifth year at Georgia State. I mean, he's day he's unplayable, and he, he's great to work with, great to coach, really humble kid. You know, you, you wish you had 11 of him on the team. Um, we've got Callum Scorer in this week, um, who played for us last summer. Again, phenomenal footballer, um, who, again, for me, is just a pleasure to watch, but we brought in Dave uh, Nijenhoos this, this summer, a Dutch centre-back from Tennessee Wesleyan. Again, just a total footballer. But I, honestly, I, it's a privilege to work with all the guys that I work with. Um, and, it's, and we're in for an exciting summer. So you got some intel from the Dutch themselves, or you just liked what you, what you saw? If he could give me a little bit more intel, I'd be happy. But he's uh, he's a phenomenal footballer. Again, I... I work closely with, with his coach up at Tennessee Wesleyan, um, and he's just been brilliant for us. Great leader on the field. And, and to be honest, it's, it's the most important thing that I've learned throughout the, throughout the time I've been at the Georgia Revolution and been around the MPSL is experience pays, 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 a, lot of, uh, pays a lot of bills, to use that expression. And, and that's what we've kind of gone for. We, we well, I think we're an older team this year, and we could manage games. Because I go back to last season, we won four games, we tied four games, and we lost two games. Um, but in the four games that we tied, in three of them, we were winning. And I think if you look forward to this year, I'd like to think with the squad that we've got, those ties turn into wins. And then all of a sudden, you're now talking about topping the conference. And, and like you said earlier, you're putting yourself in a position to qualify for the Open Cup, which is, which is a massive bonus on top of everything. It really, really is, and uh, I hope uh, once again Georgia Revolution does qualify for the Open Cup, and and maybe we'll give you that opportunity to uh, be seen nationally across the country um, through the streaming services so we can see what Georgia Revolution is all about. But I just want to say, Jack, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Good luck with the rest of the Georgia Revolution season, and hopefully you'll make a big run. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Speak to you soon. All right. Thank you very much. You too. Jack Marchant, head coach. Bye-bye. Jack Marchant, head coach of the Georgia Revolution, as they are big-time team getting ready to move on. And uh, off to a good start. We'll see what they can do for the rest of the year. But at the moment, uh, it's been pretty good so far. And um, very, very happy to see them uh, doing well at the moment. And once again, hopefully they will do even better if they do qualify for the U.S. Open Cup in 2024, and hopefully we'll see what's going to happen there. So just waiting for my final guest tonight to come on the show, and this is the general manager of the Fort Worth Vaqueros and Anthony Harris as we await for him to give us a call and to uh, talk about his club, unfortunately for them at this point in time. Not a... um, not a good start for them at the moment. They uh, at the moment with two losses on the season, and hopefully it'll be a turnaround. There's still plenty of time, plenty of time in their season to hopefully turn things around and to get them on the positive side of the ledger. So just waiting for Mr. Anthony Harris to join me. And once again, you know, look, when you talk to these owners of the MPSL especially those in Texas. Uh, I can't tell you how fantastic 
they have been. Now, look, all the owners and all the people in every club, in everywhere part of this nation that is part of the National Premier Soccer League, they have done a fantastic job of uh, informing you as well as being a guest on my show to come on and talk about their clubs moving forward, obviously, to talk about what they love and to do with this game and everything else involved in this game. Uh, just wonderful to, uh, to see, wonderful to talk about. And, you know, you've, I've had on people, obviously, look, Damon Gochner, Denton Diablos, you know, you know when he's on my show talking about his club, whether it be uh, on my regular show here on the MPSL soccer show or on the open cup shows uh, that he has been fantastic to work with. So, you know, I always enjoy having these owners uh, and people who work for these clubs in Texas. They do a wonderful job. And speaking about once again, here he is right now, general manager of Fort Worth Vaqueros, Anthony Harris, joining me. Anthony, good evening. And how are you? Hey, good evening, sir. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I'm a couple minutes late. That, that's quite all right. As long as you're on, that's all that matters. Um, bit of a rough start so far to your season so far. You haven't done well in your first two matches. Uh, um, what has been the issues at the moment, and what do you think can be fixed? Excuse me. Yeah, so it has been a rough start. Um, it's definitely, you know, Coach Tony was on the uh, – we had a post-game interview last night, and um, he, he talked about a few things and definitely seeing some improvement in even the last two matches. Uh, and even these last two matches, we've already had more goals than we had in the first three or four last year. So um, he's seeing improvement, but uh, I think right now our, our biggest issue is just where we're we're needing our players to to gel. We're we're kind of been around for ten years, and so uh, we added in this year and last year we added in a bunch of new players, younger guys, uh, a lot of college players, and uh, we're just needing them to to get that cohesive uh, piece and uh, and put it together to ask you, you know, when you started off a couple of years ago, obviously, um, the support that I've seen through social media from the Fort Worth area has been absolutely fantastic. You know, you, I mean, sure, we always talk about FC Dallas, uh, Houston Dynamo, currently Austin FC coming into MLS and uh, San Antonio in USL Championship as well, and now, of course, El Paso. But to see the what Fort Worth has done, the, the people of Fort Worth have done to gravitate towards the Vaqueros, what has that meant to you uh, as part of this club? You know what? I mean, it means everything because without that, obviously our club doesn't exist. Uh, we're here for the community and for the city. And, you know, I'm in, a, I'm, I'm in a tough market. You know, we've got FC Dallas not too far. We've got Texas Rangers. We've got Dallas Cowboys. We've got TCU football. So we're in a tough market here. Uh, so just to continue to have that support over the last 10 years, it means the world to me. Um, I came on, on in, in a crazy year. I started a month before the shutdown in 2020. Um, so it was obviously a, a crazy year. I didn't know that I was coming, but we, uh, we still, you know, I mean, we made it work. Um, and then every year after that, we've seen improvement in fan attendance at our games and on social media, like you mentioned. And so, yeah, it just to continue to see that, um, you know, means the world to me. 
No, fantastic to hear. And, you know, obviously this Lone Star Conference, um, wow, uh, it, it's a battle every night, isn't it? It's facing on these teams. I know West Texas is brand new, uh, a couple of brand new clubs here uh, so far, but obviously Laredo Heat, Denton Diablos, Corinthians of, of San Antonio, uh, Lubbock Matadors, Irving FC now called Gallows FC, and uh, in yourselves in CF10 Houston, this has to be probably one of the biggest and baddest knock them out, drag them out conferences in the entire league. Oh man, you said it. Uh, it seems like every year I, I look at the conference and you know early on in the season when we're setting up our schedule and uh, we're looking at all the teams in the conference. <clears throat> um, excuse me. I just I, I look at it and I'm like, man, this continues to stay to to be a an extremely competitive conference. Um, and even just the other teams that in our market, um, they put on some great experiences for fans. And, and I look at them and I'm like, you know, uh, even from the front office, we, we have to compete and um, put on a great experience as well for our fans. And then we try that every single game. But, uh, yeah, the conference gets harder and harder every year. Why, why has Texas players have been so competitive? I mean, look, everyone's competitive, I know. I, I mean, I'm familiar with the New York, New Jersey area. Everyone always talks about St. Louis. Now we're seeing the markets are being better in California, now in Florida. But what, why do you think the entire state of Texas has been this good for so long recently? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, I mean, in my personal belief, I think it's probably a little bit of, of two really big components. One is that obviously Texas has a huge Latin community, um, and not just, uh, you know, uh, Hispanics from Mexico, but all of Central and South America, and obviously football and soccer is huge in, in South America, and so uh, it's always had that Latin Latin support in the sport. <coughs> uh, but then also DFW is, I think the other component is the youth aspect. Um, we've seen more and more youth clubs continue to grow and pop up over the years, and it's those youth that are coming up and now playing in the U- in, in PSL. Um, and DFW has been one of the hottest markets uh, for youth soccer uh, all all over the country. Um, and so, just as an example, last night, you know, we had a walkout. Um, we had a special walkout out front because um, Joseph Cervantes, our longtime uh, Carroll's player who played with us since the very beginning, 2013. Uh, he walked out with the kid that he walked out with eight years ago. He was 11 at the time, and now he's 19. Um, and it just shows the the fans that they continue to be around. But it's that youth component um, that has been so strong over the years, and, and it just keeps growing. Now, out of curiosity, we all know about the Dallas Cup, and that's one of the most premier uh, youth club soccer tournaments not just in the United States, but in the world, everyone flies into Dallas to send their youth academy teams to perform in whatever uh, age range that they're able to send a club uh, from around the world. Has the Vaqueros done that as well? And have you done so, uh, you know, in consecutive seasons? Um, So sorry, just rephrase that question again. Sorry. No, have you have you brought uh, the Dallas Cup has always been the the premier youth tournament for you know club sides to enter, and you face you know some of the best uh, academy you know uh, youth teams from around the world with from the different age groups. I mean, have has Fort were have you the Vaqueros have they've sent uh, a youth club as well to these Dallas Cup games or not yet? 
Yeah, so our uh, youth club is actually brand new. It launched two months ago, uh, and it's already it's kicking off extremely strong and getting, getting uh, momentum every single day. Uh, but our youth uh, club actually kicked off about two months ago, and we're going to get started here in a couple months with uh, six to ten teams. Um, so we're just getting started there. Now we have had a youth academy, which was uh, our nonprofit. Uh, we start, launched that about four years ago. Um, and those kids play on, on uh, the teams here in uh, the local area. And, and they compete in some tournaments outside of state as well, but uh, mostly local. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Very true. And, uh, uh, you know, once again, that Dallas Cup tournament has uh, been such a, uh, a breath of fresh air to give all these wonderful players uh, in the youth department, whether it's domestic or abroad, uh, to give these guys to go down there and to be a part of everything that's been going on in the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Frisco area. Obviously, it's held all the time by FC Dallas, so, uh, you know, that's always a fun time to be in. Um, who, Which is the player that you've maintained that has been uh, your best player so far for the Vaqueros in current seasons? In like the last few seasons. So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of uh, new players added uh, this season, and then we actually added a lot of new ones last year too. Um, you know, I can I can think of two guys that kind of have always been hugely consistent uh, on and off the field, um, great representatives of, of the club and citizens of the community. Um, both of them, well, one of them has been with us since the very beginning, and I mentioned his name here, uh, Joseph Cervantes, who uh, we dubbed the original Mr. Vaquero. Um, he's been with us from the very beginning, and, and we can always count on him. Um, and then most recently, the last few years, uh, Rio Ramirez, who is actually back with us this season. Um, he played with us. He started with us probably, if I'm not mistaken, about four or five years. Um, and then he's gone on and, and, and played a little bit of a professional indoor as well as uh, also professional outdoor. And uh, this season he's back with us. No, that's great to hear. Uh, that's wonderful to hear. And hopefully um, you guys can – I mean, it's like I said, it's only been the first two games of the season, and there's definitely enough time to turn things around and uh, hopefully grab a playoff spot. But who do you think right now is the most dangerous side to start this season in your conference right now? I know who it might be, but I want to get it from you first. Yeah, well uh... – you know, we, we, we came back last night and um, put two goals against uh, San Antonio, and I feel like we competed well against that team. Uh, they showed some pretty good strength um, in the game last night. Um, obviously, Denton won it two years ago. Um, I, I feel like every year we always have uh, Laredo to, to look after and just keep our eye on them. They always come out with really strong players, a really strong club, um, and for me, it's just um, one of the teams that I always kind of gravitate towards keeping an eye on is uh, is Laredo. Mm-hmm. No, very true. And, uh, you know, J.J. Vela, uh, one of those great owners in your conference, uh, definitely invested uh, in this game in the Texas area. Sport. Of course, I was going to go with uh, Damon Gochner and Denton because we all know uh, how crazy he is. And I'm being kind about it because I think you know as well as I do, Damon loves to uh, uh, be a bit crazy when he talks about his club and everything. But still, though, you know, I, I love I, – I, I enjoy 
everything that goes on uh, uh, with all the clubs in this league, especially yours as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and both JJ, uh, JJ and Damon are both great guys. Uh, Damon actually came out and supported us last night, so I got to see him, shake his hand, see him and his son. Uh, so I appreciate them coming out and supporting them. But that's, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, while we may be one of the most competitive conferences on the pitch, uh, I think everyone in the ownership group and the front offices of all of these teams, they're just all standout people. And every time we get a chance to get together, I just really love connecting with all of them. No, absolutely. Fantastic to hear. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you have a a youth team ready to go and uh, just start to perform. And uh, once again, it's always great to see uh, an NPSL side uh, always, you know, starting up youth clubs and uh, youth teams, academy teams, and, you know, have those players ready to go for the main side when they're ready to go. Um, But other than that, once again, um, what, what are we expecting from this season? Uh, obviously, I know making the playoffs is one, but, uh, you know, are you hoping for an open cup run at least for 2024 to at least make a deep run into the playoffs if you, if you do qualify for it? Yeah, absolutely we are. Uh, we're obviously uh, you know, expecting playoffs and, and, and a good open uh, opportunity for the open cup. Um, and I will say I think that's part of uh, – uh, Tony Marola, our coach Tony Marola's uh, goal as well. He even mentioned it uh, last night that <coughs> excuse me, um, his biggest goal or one of his big goals for this season is kind of just building on what we had already started last year. So he's in his second season. Um, he started last year with a, a good squad. Uh, we were going to add to that and build to that, uh, and that's pretty much what he's been doing. Unfortunately, we did have two uh, really key players that are out for injuries this year. Um, and we expected that we hoped that they would be back before the end of the season, but it doesn't look like they're going to make it back. So um, we're, we're missing them. But um, yeah, his goal is really just to build on last year and um, do better than we did last year. And then hopefully that means playoffs. Hopefully that means an open cup run. Well, that's going to be great, and hopefully uh, you do make it to the Open Cup for 2024. We'll see what happens there. But I just want to say, Anthony, thank you for your time. I hope your cough gets better, and uh, take some chicken soup and call me in the morning. Man, I've been taking that for a week now, and I'm hoping it gets better, too, because it's driving me nuts. (laughs) <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to uh, uh, get it. You'll be able to kick that out of your system. I really do hope so. But Anthony, thank you again so much for joining me tonight, and uh, have a good evening and good luck with the rest of the season. Yes, thank you very much for having us, and I appreciate the support. Awesome, thank you very much. That's once again Anthony Harris, general manager of the Fort Worth Vaqueros, uh, and this has been another fantastic episode of the 2023 MPSL Soccer Show season, show number six. So I want to thank my guests for tonight. I want to thank John Melody from the Erie Commodores, Andrew Wildgus of Atlantic City FC, Dean Muckle, assistant coach of Michigan Rangers, Jack Marchant, head coach of Georgia Revolution, and now Anthony Harris, general manager of Fort Worth Vaqueros. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me again this coming Monday for another regular Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Next Friday will be another U.S. Open Cup uh, review show for round five. And then, of course, uh, CONCACAF Champions League review shows coming up as well. Once again, as always, please enjoy your football. This has been the National Premier Soccer League show 
on the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.